<laughs> for that was prime example did i set my audience up did i tell them to shut off their phone technically yes i did but um did i make sure they actually did it no Adulting can be hard, even Even scary. scary. Adulting Horror Stories shares intimate tales of adulting fails and insights into how to avoid them. (laughs) I'm your host, Tyler, and I'm here with Dion to talk about his journey creating the Adulting Horror Story podcast. Hello, Dion, and welcome to your own studio. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, honestly. I'm really happy because... This episode marks a really important moment. It means all of the season one episodes have been completed, and I can really just sit back and recap and reflect on them. Must feel real good. Whole season complete. Awesome. How many episodes are in the season? There are going to be eight episodes that no one's heard of, so Mm -hmm. one to eight. Episode zero that's been out for like months now, and then this, the bonus episode. Very nice. So why am I the host today? Why am, in, why am I in your chair? For today's episode, I wanted to be the guest, be the focus, and talk about my podcasting horror stories. And I thought, why not have someone else be the host? And who better than someone who's been helping and supporting me throughout the process of making this podcast? Why not Tyler? So tell me about yourself. Who is Dion? I am an engineer. I'm originally from New York. If you listen to the prior episodes, that'll probably slowly come out. I live in North Carolina now, and I work as a process engineer, and I'm a podcaster. Why adulting horror stories? What made you choose this topic? So let's start with why the podcast in general. Um, It really started as just a hobby. I for years now have felt like I don't have enough hobbies. Like it's kind of just like work, TV, social media. It's not not necessarily fully fulfilling, Mm. right? And I wanted something I could do that would really drive me and drive more passion in me. And I knew even since engineering school, I was jealous of other engineers, non-chemical engineers, because I think they build things more. Like you have Uh, to build a robot, build a fixture, build a tool, And I don't really do that much. I did build some chemical reactors, very small ones, in college. But that really stopped once I was working in the actual field. So I was like, I want to make something. I want it to be something that's useful to me, not just making things for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. And I want it to not take up too much space in my house. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I don't want, you know, there to be 50 (laughs) birdhouses... sitting all over the place yeah or a million cats (laughs) yes (laughs) and six dogs no cats yep so a podcast sort of covers all those bases where it's digital so it's not taking up space in a lot of ways it's therapeutic for me it's educational for me because i haven't heard some of these stories before and there are there are things i can learn from them just by listening to my guests speak a chemical engineer, you're creating a process, optimizing a process as a process engineer. Would you say that there's some similarities between your role and the podcast creation development? I think the two 
major things are probably just planning, where with an engineering project, the more you plan it out in advance, usually the better it goes. You catch some like critical mistakes faster. Same goes for podcasting. And then consistency. Usually in engineering, a consistent process is a good process, right? The same way you want your machines to run in a consistent manner and not have unexplained upsets, it's the same for your podcast. You want it to follow a good workflow, which I've been working on throughout all of this. We're still getting there. Has has there been unexplained upsets within your podcasting? Yes. Mainly audio things. You probably heard earlier, you can hear the people walking upstairs. If I move too much at the place where we're recording, you'll hear dings like that mm. Um, over Skype. If your internet connection is weak, even if the audio sounds good to you, there might be times where your guest's audio is cutting out. And between COVID and some of my friends just living in other states, not all of my episodes could be recorded in person the way this one is. Yeah, so it makes it difficult to record and edit, especially moving forward. Yes. So why did you make adulting horror stories? What made you choose this topic? Why did I make adulting horror stories? It's really like the description says, adulting is hard. It's not all hard, and I actually love the freedom that comes of being an adult. But when I was a child, I never had to think about if Social Security would sustain me through retirement or what my 5, 10, and 15-year career plan was. I think I'm doing really well for a person my age, but I still feel insecure about like what I'm doing if I'm doing everything as best as I can. And I get hit with curveballs from time to time. Like, which of my friendships are helping me and which ones are hurting me? Mm. Am I strong enough to tell someone I don't like how they treat me? Am I strong enough to cut them off <laughs> if they refuse to change? Oh, man. Um, I think other people go through these challenges and having a place where we can talk, talk it out, and share how we got through it, it does two things. It makes us feel less alone, and it helps us avoid future mistakes. Yeah, that makes sense. And I tend to agree. I think adulting is the worst. I hate it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but here we are. Here we are. We have to move forward. So season one, you went through a bunch of people's stories. Is there anyone that stood out to you? over the rest, and why? There is a few that stood out. I think the one that stands out the most, obviously, is probably the Ransom episode. I think it'll catch people off guard a bit. Um, it's, a very, it's a very intense story, and it's, in some ways, it doesn't fit the normal scheme of adulting horror stories, where it's normal things you might have to do as an adult. Getting your first car, getting your first job, I don't know. But at the same time, this is something that can happen to adults. This is something that happens to a lot of people every day. And dealing with traumatic events that you really didn't ever think would happen is something you have to go through. So it's it still had value being there. That was probably the most maybe impactful episode for me. But the one that was the most fun recording was Continuing Education with summer because one i just really like 
our rapport for that episode. It was it was just really fun, really relaxed. I did learn a lot. Really, the main thing is just try, like never think you can't push, go for it. And I hadn't spoken to that friend in a long time. So it was just really fun to um, catch up with them. Gotcha. So would you say that the podcast has been a good way to reconnect with people that you've spoken to in the past? Absolutely. One of my goals long before the podcast was to keep up and sustain my relationships with friends better, where I think everyone has this. You know, you had someone who you spoke to almost every day in high school. You go to different colleges and then you never speak again. It's not that you're mad at each other. When you find out they're having a baby on Facebook, you like the post, but you would never message them out of the blue. Yep, yep. I want to stop that from happening. And I've taken steps outside the podcast to do that, but also being able to pop over and say, oh, hey, I'm making a podcast. Would you be interested? It's just another way to reach out to people. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think everyone has a story to share on uh, adulting fails for sure. Lots of people have them. Um, So it's interesting to see where this will evolve. So what were some of the challenges that you faced during recordings? Oh God, where do we begin? Okay, part one, getting people to agree to an episode. It actually was not as hard as I thought it would be where I even got to the number of episodes I wanted faster than I originally planned. But it is still weird asking someone to talk publicly about something that's probably embarrassing for them. You know, you hope that there's some time that's passed and it's something they laugh about now, but there's no promises. Yeah. So that was hard. In terms of active recording, the setup, there are, and you you guys probably noticed, you guys have probably heard it, seen it, and so on. Maybe some things in the background that you don't want to hear, or maybe like a weird transition And that's partly because I was still figuring out how I need to set up a podcast episode, how I need to make sure my guest has everything they need. So um, it was really just an iterative process where I'm happy to learn. I'm happy about where I've gotten to, but then I listened to some older episodes. I'm like, you could have done that so much better. And then finally, of course, editing. (laughs) Editing, I've... It's not new to me in the sense that um, I follow a lot of YouTubers and they say editing the audio is the hardest part. So I knew it was going to be, I knew there was going to be a learning curve for that. But physically doing it, it's like, it takes weeks. It Mm. takes me weeks to edit. It takes weeks. (laughs) Sorry. My phone. (sighs) It takes... (laughs) <laughs> for those prime example did i set my audience up did i tell them to shut off their phone technically yes i did but um did i make sure they actually did it no struggle struggle's real <laughs> but um editing it takes me weeks to edit one episode i've gotten faster at it i've learned some tricks at it but it's the longest, hardest part for me where it's like, you have to first just cut out the things that don't belong there at all but then you have to go back and say Is the volume equal throughout the episode? Does the story make sense? Or should I add a certain segment earlier on? Mm. It just takes a lot of time. And And you you started from no experience with audio editing or anything along the sort, right? Yes. Yeah, so it must have been. I didn't even use like Photoshop before this. Oh, man. So this, this certainly has been quite an adventure for you. So what's next 
on the audio front? What can users expect for the next season? One, I think they're going to get consistent and better audio quality. I've learned some things. One, obviously setting up my audio better so that phones don't go off mid-recording. Makes sense. Two, I've started to learn what things in Skype are issues only I can hear and what issues actually come through on the recording, which means like if I hear this or there's some buzz, I we need to re-record that section. There's been a few times where when Skype sort of lags out, there's just a gap in audio and it sounds very weird. Mm. That should be better. I want to make the music better, but I'm not making promises yet. Meaning all of the audio I've used for season one is open source, free audio, no no credits royalty required. Free. Yeah, royalty, royalty free, free yeah. essentially. I would want to start using better and more appropriate audio. I want to get some really nice like background ambient audio, something like really low that just sits in the back and helps you feel like you know you're you're in a different place while you're listening. Um that's coming in a future season. Will it be season 2? Hmm. Tell your friends. <laughs> get get me these these views, these listens, and the more views I get, the more likely that is to happen. So what advice would you have for upcoming podcasters or people that are trying to get into podcasting? What have you learned and what advice do you have for them moving forward so i think the the common i don't know piece of advice for people doing any types of startup new business and so on is fail early i'm gonna be a little more positive about it and say start getting feedback early put something out there for a test audience meaning come up with some topic that is of interest up to you get it recorded edit it a bit get some people to listen to it right and they're probably not going to be in love with it because it's not the finished product. That's okay. Don't don't focus on anyone that's saying, why are you doing this? Or no one wants to listen to this. It's not the finished product. You know, you are going to refine it. But what you can look at is, what are people saying about your audio quality? What are people saying about how well they can follow the story? What are people saying about how interesting the topic is? You get all of that early. You get an idea of what audio editing is like early, of what equipment you need to do all of that and do it well early. And then you can take that information and start refining what will be your real first episode. And that's just to really give you an idea of what you're getting yourself into so that you're not, like me, honestly, making one of your first proper episodes and still making some very beginner mistakes. Once that's over and you've made your, you know, you've gotten the feedback from your demo, then the next thing you have to think about is, well, how seriously am I taking this, right? Because it can just be a hobby. You can say, I'm not planning to make money off of this. This is just for fun. This is for my healing, whatever it happens to be. And that's okay. Not every hobby you have has to be profitable, but if you do want it to be a side hustle or something like that, you're going to have to put more work in, meaning you have to figure out what type of audience are you trying to reach and what do you think that audience is interested in beyond that, what's already available to them. You want to make sure you're not giving them the same exact thing someone else has already been giving them for years. 
And then you're going to come up with a topic that basically meets that need, gives them something that they didn't have but wanted. And I do want to point out here that doesn't mean that it has to be completely different from what's out there. Meaning I follow a lot of different YouTubers who all talk about Game of Thrones, but each one does it in a different way, from a different stance. And so I still enjoy all of them. So you might say, I'm really passionate about baseball. I'm really passionate about art history, whatever it is. And someone else is already talking about that. That's fine. Make your delivery different. Make your delivery potentially unique to you. And you can still gain an audience that way. After that, get some good equipment. I'm not saying go out and drop $10,000, no. But I think at the bare minimum, you want a mic that's going to get your voice through clearly. You want a laptop that's not so old or so weak that it's going to crash mid-recording. You want some audio that will at minimum let you cut out the things you don't want, the bumps, the dips, the background noise. And you want some headphones that will let you hear all of those things because you don't want to be missing those things because you're using bad headphones, but then other people are using good ones and they hear those things and it makes them enjoy your podcast less. Can you provide us any insights to the next season, season two? Season two. So one, I'm going to start letting my audience come on as guests, meaning there'll be social media platforms that you can reach out to me on. Two, I'm going to try, but you do have to recognize it all depends on who's willing to share and what they're willing to share. I want to get a broader age range of guests, meaning right now, I think most guests range from early 20s to late 30s. I want people whose age goes beyond that because I think they have a lot of wisdom that they can share, right? You might have some idea at age 25 of what it takes to live a good life. There might be someone out there who's 60 who's tried that and knows how it panned out. And finally, if I can, I want to get some more experts on. So if you have a mental health horror stories episode or maybe um, a financial horror stories episode. Can I bring on a therapist? Can I bring on a financial advisor? So on, so that you're getting not just personal experience, which does matter, but even like professional experience. Do you have any future goals for the upcoming season two? Future goals. I think at minimum, I want to get more viewers. I'm thinking like, sure, long term, I want hundreds of thousands. But season two, I'm hoping to have maybe like 500 people who consistently check in for the horror. How would someone get onto your show? So I have several social media pages that you can reach out to. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at AdultingHS. Before we go, do you have any closing remarks? Yes. I want to thank all the guests for coming on, sharing, being open with me, you know, putting themselves out there. It really means a lot to me. 
I want to thank the people who listened to my demo even before it was like hosted and gave me a lot of great feedback. And I want to thank all of you, the audience out there, for listening. I also want to give a special shout out specifically to Tyler. The host. It's me. (laughs) Yes, because he's given me a lot of great advice throughout this. He's the person who helped me find the audio editing software that I use. Um, Even though it was a massive, massive learning curve, it was worth it in the end. (laughs) Thank you. Um, And beyond that, I'm just really looking forward to us growing together, learning together, and getting through this wild journey that we call adulting together. That was beautiful. I've been your host, Tyler, and I look forward to the next season. I'm your host, Tyler, and I'm here with Dion to talk about his journey creating the Adult Horror Story Podcast. Hello, Dion, and welcome to your own studio. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, but I do have to point out it's adulting horror stories. (laughs) Adulting can be hard, even scary. Adulting horror stories share intimate tales of adulting fails and insights into how to avoid them. Shares. Did I say share? I think you did. Adulting can be hard, even scary. Adulting horror stories shares, shares, intimate (laughs) tales of adulting fails and insights into how to avoid them. Adulting can be hard, even scary. Adulting horror stories shares intimate tales of adulting fails and insights into how to avoid them. Did that work? Yes, probably. (laughs) All right. Perfect.